Hi, this is Arik and Aurelia, and we're here to talk about life and interesting things. Or so we think, but in the end, we leave that up to you. Either way, what we have to talk about is ageless. In the last episode, we spoke about acceptance, and you gave us this kind of archetypal journey of how it begins with the empress how she's about acceptance right yes uh-huh. and why is that just to refresh us because the empress represents the archetype of unconditional and unconditioned love right so you went through this nice journey then how the next one was uh, the archetype of the emperor who comes after the empress. And this was about um, then having the bigger picture. So I want to dedicate this episode about having a bigger picture. And I think we typically know what a bigger picture is, but I think sometimes the question arises that how big does your picture need to get in order to have a sufficiently big enough picture? <laughs> That's a very, very funny question. And I can see where it's coming from, but this is coming actually from being used to just having a small picture. I because know. this is <laughs> like if uh, somebody thinks that way, then all that means is that they, you know, they do not have a big picture at all, but they want to be in control at any cost. And so they would say, well, I'm going to go through all the efforts and I'm going to accept and so could, I can have the big picture, but really it's just a projection of the ego. Tell me the minimum size in square meters <laughs> of how big my picture needs to be in order to have what you call the bigger picture. Exactly. Because, you know, I have to open my mind to uh-huh. get the bigger picture. But, I mean, how much open do I have to do this? Like, we're just talking just a little door crack? Or do I have to really... So, anyhow, I think then you can tell us, like... Oh, there's our pizza. So, hold on just a second. <laughs> We were talking about the bigger picture and I can tell you exactly how big my bigger picture is if that question still stands. Yes. <laughs> because the biggest picture you can have is like what's, um, let's call it like to see the tree in the seed. Mm. that's what it means to have the big picture mm-hmm. that's beautiful so that's like you see the purpose of something yes uh-huh. and you see it as whole mm-hmm. so if you're going through a rough time or even a good time I think so many times we get lost in good times Yes. that in a way it's like when we're going through a rough time, like we try to find the purpose, try to get the bigger picture. But when we're in good times, how often do we are we looking for the bigger picture? Mm. Or is that weird? <laughs> like that we're doing that or that you talk about it? <laughs> no, that, that we should, that, that, you know, 
that we should look for the bigger picture at all times. At all times. At all times. Because, you know, that um, archetype or let's say that connection between the Empress and the Emperor that we have just now been talking about, that doesn't just disappear only because we have a good time. But it's, you know, good times or bad times, it really doesn't matter. Like we always should have the bigger, biggest picture and that's always to see the tree in the seed. So what does that mean? Elaborate on that, the tree in the seed. Well, that means that um, you act in a certain way and then you know instantly, well, pretty much instantly, you know, what the outcome of this action can be. Or actually will be. And of course, with our conditioned mind, this is fruitless. We do not even have to try. Because this is then what happens. Then like from a false foundation, we try to expand. And that's just not working. This is like, I mean, again, then in the tower, eventually, uh, in the journey, eventually we come to the tower when we have done this for another like 10, 11, 12 archetypes or stops on the journey. And then everything that we have made bigger without really, really having the big picture. You're talking about like the procession of the archetypes in the cosmic pixels journey. Yes. Just, you know, so that mm-hmm. we know what you're talking about. Yes. We, which is, uh, we've talked about it a couple times in the podcast, but this is like a, a journey of what? Well, these are uh, stations. Uh, I like no. it, stations. Yes. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can call it stations, but because a station would work if we talk here, our day-to-day life, but it happens on all levels. Like, if we talk about very tiny, tiny things, then it's no longer a station, but then it can be just a flicker of energy, but it's a, a sequence of things. That's, I guess, the best I can come up with. Okay, cool. That's really abstract. A sequence of things, you know, big or small. It Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Like we have man-made sequences of things, like one, two, three, four, five is a man-made sequence. Or we have A, B, C, D, E. That's a man-made sequence. And then there's like this archetypal sequence that just is and always was. Wow, man-made sequence. I mean, this is really mind-blowing to think about that. Like, to say it 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and A, B, C, D, E, and in its respective languages all across the world is man-made, is like, to say this in the age of Aquarius at at this point in 2022, to say that this is a man-made thing really puts things into perspective because it's true but it's also something that we've gotten used to in terms of getting lost in the little details and not seeing exactly. the tree and the seed. Exactly. Because we base all our experiences and our truths on these man-made foundations that just 
when you really have the big picture mean nothing. Because, I mean, there were times, and yes, it's like tens of thousands of years ago, there was no one, two, three, four, five. Right. There was no A, B, C, D, E, not in any language. Mm-hmm. But there always was... Yes. The, the, ...the journey. Yes, there always was the journey, and you know how we like to prove that for anybody who, you know, wants to dispute that, is that even tens of thousands of years ago there was a mother right and tens of thousands of years ago there was a father and you know even though it may have looked different like the nurturing quality that we ascribe to a mother was always there Mm -hmm. even if the mother was the whole village or tribe or whatever you call it it was still it was that energy of what we call the empress of this, you know, ideally unconditioned love. So the, would you say that then the empress and the emperor, like the alphas? Yes. So then unconditioned love and acceptance is a, is a quality of being an alpha. Yes, absolutely. Beautiful said. Thank you. Cause I think in today's world, we don't think of alpha as that (laughs) yeah (laughs) but in terms of these alpha qualities the emperor then looks at the empress as we're talking about the tree and the seed and sees the alpha and the omega yes and like how inside of that there is this purpose of creation yes and how we can become like these these co-creators yes with these energies, you know, with, with God really. Yes. And I think this is really interesting and very important to, to know, to not get lost in like these little sequence, like these other kinds of sequences that then cause us to lose the, the whole sequence. And thereby the bigger picture. And the big picture, the biggest picture. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's also really important all the time, but especially now. Yes. That we have to keep our eyes on having like a bigger picture, even within our own lives, but also as a collective. Mm-hmm. I probably would think that in the past it was easier to have the bigger picture because we were not so digitalized, for lack of a better word, you know, we I, were I more agree. grounded and yeah. we were really most, everybody was working with their hands one way or the other. A lot of people were actually really working with seeds and then, you know, the stages of growth and fruit. So it was sort of easier to not get lost in these man-made sequences and i mean i'm not preaching that illiteracy is a great thing but a lot of people were illiterate and they were yet self-resourceful yes because i think a lot of times we think that we can pull out our devices and then we're getting a bigger picture by looking things up and and searching for things but i think it's really more compartmentalizing yes you know, because it's, it's, 
I mean, even I remember the days before we had these things in our pockets. Mm. And we used to, like, honestly, to God, get bored. Mm. And not just reactively, when we feel boredom coming on, just whip out our thing and then, like, swiping and scrolling and... And still be bored, but not being... And still bored, but at least we're doing something and not going into the state of boredom where then you can get inspired. Yes. You know, where you can figure things out and say, Mm. okay, what do I want to do? And... Because if you imagine that boredom is ruled by the crown chakra, then that tells you a lot. What What do you mean? That means like the energy of boredom mm-hmm. lives in the our crown chakra. Like when, oh. Yeah. So like if you're bored, you don't have the bigger picture. You don't see the purpose exactly. of what you're doing. Yes. And with, uh, I mean... Don't get me wrong. I love my devices. So and do I. I mean, I'm not, I'm not dogging on it, but just no. like the way that we use it, you know, we have to be mindful of it. Yes. But I think like if you are... It has to be balanced. It has to be balanced. Me, like what I need to say that. Yeah, like, go With ahead. everything mm-hmm. else, you know, it needs to be balanced. Yeah. And so I think like you have to... Like if you whip out your phone and then like you think you have a purpose, but... You satisfy the need for finding purpose by distracting yourself mm-hmm. without really finding the purpose for something that you're doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so hence, like going back to where they started, like before, like um, people were getting lost in these man-made sequences, you know, they were closer to nature and mm. the Empress also is nature and like yeah. all stages of growth and flowers and harvest. I mean, you even saw it so. in professional uh, industries, like how there's been a shortage of farmers. Yes, sadly. Because of many reasons, but you see like, God forbid, like food shortages and stuff like that, like many consequences that come from having a shortage of farmers. Mm. Many. I mean, I don't get me started. I mean, um, talking about that, that there's just nobody there to really produce. It's also um, like the deterioration of soil. And I mentioned this because I read somewhere it is like, soil month this month and nice which makes sense you know with earth day and everything how yes Mm -hmm. exactly so Mm -hmm. um how our soil is being destroyed in many 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 ways but then not having healthy farming is one of those ways because i mean i don't know if you remember that but you know when (laughs) there was a time when we were flying a lot and then when we would fly into Germany and to Bavaria, like to land in Munich, then there were like all these little squares of fields and then there were yeah, like little stands of forest dividing it and everything. And that's like part of healthy farming, you know, where you have like small fields and uh, they are protected by some sort of bushes or tree lines or whatever so that when winds come or rain that then the soil is not being swept away or like with these huge fields that we have like in the states you know where there is um like no nutrition left Mm -mm. because there's like total over farming and why is it possible because there are no people doing it yeah, it's like, a lot I mean, of work. 
yeah, it's a lot of work and nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to literally get their hands dirty. Nobody and wants so, to work. <laughs> and nobody needs to do it anymore because, you know, you buy like a big machine and one person can do a whole field that, you know, gave work to 50 people like a hundred years ago in two days. Yeah. But the cost is our soil, the quality of our soil, thereby the quality of our food, thereby going back to the archetype, you know, our degraded empress as a representation, yes, of where we stand with our acceptance and our love. Yeah, I guess it's like if we don't see the bigger picture or the purpose of something, then we kind of lose the reason why we need it or need to respect it or appreciate it. And then it kind of just deteriorates. Yes. And I think this happens within our relationships. It happens within our jobs. It happens within our domestic lives, within our spiritual path. Mm -hmm. Like so many times we want to just kind of tune out. It's just too much. We're overloaded. Why? Because we're just endlessly scrolling and tapping and, Swiping. And swiping and just clicking and doing all kinds of stuff. And, and, and it's just everything is just too much. Yes. It's sensory overload. Yes. And it's really hard to find the bigger picture in these sensory overload, a.k.a. details 100%. of reality. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, wouldn't you agree, is not all of reality. I totally agree with that. I mean, it's not even like 2% of reality. No. It's just like a part of reality that we need to be aware of, but it cannot dictate and navigate our lives. But it does. because And with like every generation that comes after, you know, it will do more so. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, I know it's kind of tragic, but I mean, we read a study somewhere where it's like 95% of the kids in cities mm-hmm. uh, really think that a burger comes just like from a shelf in the supermarket and they have no idea that that's actually coming from cows. No. No. Yeah. That's really intense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then of course my biggest question now is um, rather than how big does my picture need to be, how do I get a bigger picture? Mm, beautiful. Yeah, well, by, I mean, as, mm, like... Okay, well, let me, let me no, ask... No, I, I, I know how to answer it, but I just, I've, I don't know the classifier of how almost oversimplified the answer is Mm -hmm. because you know if i say get back to nature you know then this sounds like um, john muir society and that's really not what i mean but i mean get back to nature in a way that shows us who we are beyond those man-made sequences and honest to God contemplation or meditation or some kind of honest to God spiritual path 
is really, really important. Or call it a spiritual practice, but like a real one, you know, not, don't get me wrong, I don't mean dancing naked in the moonlight when I say get close to nature, because that's really not at all being in that state that I call our natural state. So, but let me run this by you, like maybe it's a good example or not, but I, one way that I love to get a bigger picture is to study history. I like to look at, you know, in museums and to read and learn about what we have done um, and different perspectives on different events that have happened. And is that kind of learning about human nature? Is this talking about like opening? Is this one way to get a bigger picture? Or do you mean like literally like with Mother Earth nature? I think that in like my world, this cannot be separated. Yeah, I, I think felt like, like if, that too. Yeah, mm -hmm. if I look at history, I also look at Mother Nature. Yeah, like how we have human interacted nature with the Earth and, 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 yeah. and what we've done. Because Earth is a playing field to express love and life yes. and happiness and mm -hmm. to see how we've interacted with that. Yes. What we've done with these playing fields and the country, like the sequence of countries we've established yes. and stuff like that. But I think like as we're interacting with nature... I know that also just sometimes with myself, like if I just look at a tree and I appreciate it for what it is, it really opens my mind like, wow, it, it awakens and sleeps every year. And it, like just this one little leaf is part of this whole system of trees. And yes. it's just so nice to think about. Or of course, you know, with me and the stars, mm. you know, I like to look at the stars and this is like a really obvious way. Or you look at the petal of a rose or a grain of the sand and you see how it's all part of a bigger system and you say oh my gosh sometimes I'm just looking at this little handful of sand sometimes I'm looking just at this one little grain mm -hmm. and I'm forgetting that it's a beach that's on a shore that's you know yes. part of a whole ecosystem of things yeah. or so yes I have nothing add to so that we can start with the bigger picture just like by looking at the world around us yes and kind of looking at more than what's being on our what's being fed to us with our feeds yes but kind of like just discovering you know what's called astrologically our third house and then kind of moving on into new horizons from there beautiful from the third house to the ninth house yeah like, which is like foreign lands and aliens and like anything foreign and alien to you mm -hmm. you know maybe you try a different restaurant or you just you'd go down a different street or you or you go at all you or you know? go at all at all yeah, like, <laughs> like, i really i you know could not be dared to guess mm -hmm. how many people on an average day do let's not say 10,000 steps but five you know yeah <laughs> 5,000 or five steps five thousand yeah, yeah duh yeah. <laughs> because five you know you have to take from your door to the car yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 but you know, five thousand steps. I I'd be hard pressed to uh, yeah. guess yeah. how many yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh. yeah, absolutely. So I I think it's a it's very interesting when you put it that way. Like you can you can expand your world just in the world, and then it'll open your mind. Yes. 
and then you have new experiences and it's great to have familiar and your favorites and everything but i think it's about going out of your comfort zone yes or also bringing people from outside into your favorites can also open your mind and create bigger worlds like sometimes we live in these small ecosystems that then we don't bring other people in Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you're bringing other people in, it can open things up and make them bigger. Yes, it can. So it's all about moving out of the comfort zone. Because really what you just described is to just have honest-to-God interactions. Mm. You know, like real face-to-face. And I know it's getting hard with the masks to have a full-face experience with... Uh, strangers or you know it's coming back though like without the masks but like we do need that Mm -hmm. you know we need Mm -hmm. that like Mm -hmm. to really have this full-on connection yeah like a honest to god connection not face to face through the screen but face to face face to face like sharing air and yes sharing oxygen and like this intimacy like be close smell. enough. Yes, mm-hmm. I just wanted to say that be close enough to smell each other. I mean, even though sometimes, of course, we don't want that because we don't like the perfume the person standing next to us is mm-hmm. wearing or we don't like the body odor if there is no perfume or maybe the person has stinky feet or bad breath. I mean, but this is all <laughs> honest to God interaction. Yeah. You know, and this honest to God all opens our minds. And That's true. It opens our sense. It triggers yes. the senses and it opens our minds and it puts yes. us into new dimensions. Yes. And not just in two dimension. Exactly. Because imagine that I would be a person who hates to brush their teeth at night, which thankfully I'm not, but I've heard these mm-hmm. people do exist. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And then I'm standing in the supermarket and the person next to me like really has bad breath. And maybe it opens my mind to the fact that I say, no, I really don't want to be that person. I really am going to have better dental hygiene. Yeah, it opens your mind. And you know, you may think this is like an inconsequential example, but it's not. All I'm trying to say is that these moments they don't have to be this life shattering huge philosophical happenings or spiritual enlightenments and they say oh yeah now i opened my mind now expanded my awareness no it can literally happen anywhere with anything that's very 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 beautiful and very um it's very true there's nothing too trivial in nature. Like every tiny little thing or action has a purpose. Closing that circle. Now we're back to that. Beautiful. And with that full circle, ora possiamo mangiare la pizza, brezzaiola, rucola, grani, stracchino e mozzarella di bufala. That would be me, and I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) So, anyhow, thank you so much for this beautiful podcast. I'm I'm really happy about it, and this has been Arik. And Aurelia. And you've just listened to an episode of Ageless. We hope it's opened your mind and your world, and please share with anyone in your reality you think you can benefit from it. Talk to you guys next time. 
Bye. Bye. Ciao.